Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chelik Yud, Parshas Miket, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha, we learn about how Yosef eventually revealed himself to his brothers. And there are five parts in the sicha. The Reb will, number one, ask what's the answer in Pshutish Mikra, meaning the answer for Rashi, for why Yosef didn't reveal himself sooner, why did he wait so many years? Number two, ask five questions on a Rashi from Parshas Vayeshev. Number three, ask and answer another question, which is the key to answering all these questions. Number four, answer the questions, meaning the original question, and four of the five questions on the Rashi from Parshas Vayeshev. And number five, address and answer one unanswered question from the five questions. We spoke a number of times and explained that Rashi, in his commentary on the Torah, explains every difficulty that arises in Pshutish Mikra. And we see this from the fact that if Rashi has a question that he doesn't have an answer to, he says, that he doesn't know, which indicates that he addresses every question. And if there's a difficulty that Rashi doesn't address, so that indicates that in the opinion of Rashi, it's understood so simply that there's no need to explain it, or the answer is that the difficulty is answered based on an earlier teaching of Rashi. So either the answer is so obvious and simple that there's no need to address it, or Rashi already addressed it with an earlier teaching of his. According to this, we need to understand the great difficulty that arises while learning our parsha. And many of the Mepharshi Atayra address it, and specifically Rashi, who is the Reisha Pashtanim, he's the leader, the chief of all those that explain Pshat, doesn't address it. And the question is, Yosef knew the great love his father had for him, and so he understood the great pain and the mourning of his father. So if that's the case, why didn't Yosef inform Yaakov? Why did he send messengers that he was still alive? And this question relates specifically to the time discussed in our parsha. In Parshas Vayeshev, it's recounted how they brought Yosef to Mitzrayim and sold him as a slave, and afterwards how he was placed in prison, where he had no power. And so it's understood that he didn't have the ability to inform his father that he was alive. However, during the time discussed in our parsha, when Yosef became the Mishnah Lamelech, he became the second in command to the king, and he had the ability to do what he wants, so it's not understood why he left his father in pain and in mourning and it didn't inform him that he's alive. Why didn't he send messengers to tell Yaakov that he was still alive? So now it would seem that this difficulty can be answered based on an earlier teaching of Rashi in Parshas Vayeshev, meaning that this is a question in Pshutosh Mikra, and the reason Rashi doesn't address it here is because it's answered based on an earlier teaching of his in Parshas Vayeshev. Rashi teaches there that the reason Yaakov mourned for his son for so many years, it was 22 years from when he was separated from him until he was reunited with him when he went down to Mitzrayim. 
It was connected It corresponded to the 22 years that Yaakov did not fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbut of Aim. And therefore, Yosef didn't send messengers to inform his father Yaakov that he was still alive because the punishment of Yaakov had to last for 22 years. So it comes out that this is a question in Pshutish Mikra, and the reason Rashi doesn't address it here is because it's already answered based on this earlier teaching of his in Parshas Vayeshev. However, we can't explain the conduct of Yosef based on this earlier teaching of Rashi. For three reasons. Number one, how did Yosef know that Yaakov needed to be punished for 22 years? Where did Yosef know this from? And even if you say that he did know about it, but still, he's able to inform him, he's able to inform his father Yaakov that he's alive, but not where he is. And he would still be punished with 22 years of separation. Just like he separated from his parents for 22 years. And number three, the Iker, the main thing is, this idea that Yaakov had to be punished for 22 years doesn't in any way justify the behavior of Yosef. Because even if it was decreed on Yaakov to receive a punishment because of his lack of kibbut of aim for 22 years, it's obvious and simple that this doesn't give Yosef permission to punish his father by not informing him that he's alive. An example for this would be, we can't say that the Shvatim were allowed and they were permitted, or maybe even obligated, to sell Yosef in order to, that his dreams should be fulfilled and that Yaakov should be punished. Just because Hashem decreed something that doesn't justify the behavior of the person. And so this doesn't explain the conduct of Yosef, and it doesn't justify the conduct of Yosef. So in order to answer this question, we're going to go into a side-related discussion. So this will be understood by first explaining a teaching of Rashi in Parshas Vayeshev that requires an explanation. Rashi explains the reason Hashem didn't reveal to Yaakov, now we're talking about Hashem revealing to Yaakov, the reason Hashem didn't reveal to Yaakov that Yosef was alive is l'fishehichrimu v'kidlilu eskol mishiyegaleh the Shvatim, they made a cherim, and they cursed anyone that would reveal what was done with Yosef, and that Yosef was alive. And they included, they pardoned Hashem among them in this cherim and klala. However, Yitzchak knew the truth. Shehuchai, that Yosef was alive, Omar, he said, Heach Agala, how can I reveal it? And Hashem doesn't want to reveal it to him, to Yaakov. So we're going to discuss this Rashi, and based on our understanding of this Rashi, we'll answer this question. And so it'll come out that this is a question in Pshut Mikra, and it's addressed in this earlier teaching of Rashi. Once we understand this earlier teaching of Rashi in Parshas Vayeshev, it'll answer the question that we have in our parsha about why Yosef didn't reveal to Yaakov that he was alive, why didn't he reveal it to him sooner? So now we're going to ask four questions on this Rashi, and later we're going to add a fifth question. But first we're going to have a lead-up into the first four questions. And the lead-up is going to analyze Rashi a little bit. So we have to understand, who was included in this cherim and in this klala? We can't say that it takes effect on anyone who tells Yaakov, because then it's not understood. There are two things that are not understood in Rashi. 
Because Rashi says afterwards, Aval Yitzchuk hayyeyedeh, but Yitzchuk knew the truth. But Omar, he said, Hey, Acha Gala, how can I reveal it? But if also Yitzchuk is included in it, so then what's he saying that he's able to say, but Hashem doesn't want to say? He's unable to say because he's also he's also included in the Chayyim Klala. So clearly he's not. And also, if it takes effect on anyone who tells Yaakov, so why did they need to include Hashem in it? Without including Hashem, Hashem also can't reveal it for that very reason, that they made a Chayyim and a Klala. So therefore, we must say that the Chayyim only applied to those who participated in the Chayyim. And when it says that they made a Chayyim and a Klala, on kol mi sheyegale, so kol mi sheyegale refers to those who were there, and therefore they also needed to include to include Hashem, so that He wouldn't reveal the truth. So that's what we need to establish over here in terms of who is included in the cherem. That it clearly only included and referred to; it only took effect on those who were there, and not on anyone else in the world. And that explains to us why Yitzhak was able to reveal it, but just said that he doesn't want to, and it also explains to us why they included Hashem in this Chayram. But based on this, we're now going to ask four questions. The first question is, Rashi writes, Aval Yitzhak, but Yitzhak, Omar, he said, Hey, Acha Gala, how can I reveal it? But Hashem doesn't want to reveal it. He should have said, what Yitzhak should have said is not Hashem doesn't want to reveal it. He should have said Hashem has sworn not to reveal it because he was included in the Cherim. And this leads us into our second question. The second question is, why didn't Yitzhak reveal it? Hashem was in the Cherim, so that's why he wasn't able to reveal it. But Yitzhak wasn't in the Cherim, so why didn't Yitzhak reveal it? The third question is regarding this Cherim itself. What was the need for the Cherim. Why did they need the Cherim? It would seem that it would be enough that they should just speak among themselves and come to an agreement not to reveal the truth to Yaakov and so too regarding Hashem. Instead of making a Cherim, they could have just davened and asked Hashem not to reveal the truth. Just like Hashem participated in the Cherim, He would also respond to that request. So what was the whole need over here for the Cherim? And the fourth question is, we don't find anywhere in Pshittas Shemikra or in Rashi that the Shvatim were matter the Cherim before they informed Yaakov that Yasef was alive. And if there was a Cherim in place, they should, should first need to be matter it before going against it. To answer the first two questions, so there are Mepharshim who explain Rashi similarly to the Medrash Tanchuma, which is the source of Rashi, which based on this understanding of Rashi, the first two questions will be answered. It says there in the Medrash Tanchuma, Amru the Shvatim said, Let's make a cherem among ourselves, so that none of us should tell Yaakov Avinu. Amru lehem Yehuda, Yehuda said to them, Reuven ain't kan, Reuven isn't here. Ve'en a cherem iskayim And there's no, a cherem cannot be made unless there are ten people. Could only be made with ten people, and they were only nine. Me also, so what did they do? They included Hashem in this cherem, that he shouldn't tell their father. And also Hashem, he didn't tell Yaakov because of the cherem. And they explain, the Mepharshim explain that they included Hashem in the cherem that was upon them, in order that there should be ten making the cherem. 
but it wasn't the Khairim on Hashem. And Hashem didn't reveal anything because He isn't lenient in their Khairim. And according to this, it's understood why they included Hashem. And it also explains why Rashi says, Hashem just doesn't want to. He's able to, but He doesn't want to. How do we see that He's able to? Because the Khairim was upon them. And they only included Hashem in order that there should be ten in the Khairim that they made upon themselves. But the Khairim was not upon Hashem. It's just that Hashem didn't reveal anything because He isn't lenient in their Khairim. So it comes out that Hashem is not sworn in the Khairim. It's just that He chose not to. And that's also why Yitzhak said, He achagala. Yitzhak was saying, just like Hashem is able to, but doesn't want to, so he too, even though he's able to, he won't do it because Hashem is not doing it, even though he too is able to do it. However, we can explain this as the opinion of Rashi, because in addition to the fact that it doesn't say in Rashi when they made the Khairm, and according to this we have to say that it was before Reuven returned, but Rashi doesn't say that. And to the contrary, it actually makes sense to say that they specifically made the Khairm after Reuven returned, when they were 10, so that the Khairim also takes effect on Reuven. Because otherwise, if the Khairim was made before Reuven returned, then Rashi should have explained why Reuven didn't reveal the truth, just like he explains for Yitzchak. So in addition to that, there is no indication in Pshut Mikra and in Rashi that a Khairim needs 10 people. And if it needed 10 people, then Rashi should have said something. So because of these two reasons, that number one, Reuven was probably there, so they had 10. And number two, there's actually no indication that there's a need for 10. So therefore, we seemingly must say that also Hashem was included in the Khairim. Hashem wasn't just included so that there's 10 that made the Khairim on the Shvatim, but rather Hashem was part of the actual Khairim. Because there was already 10 probably without Hashem, and also we don't find any need for 10. So why was Hashem included? We seemingly must say that also Hashem was included in the Khairim itself. And so all the questions remain the first two questions that we attempted to answer are no longer answered. Because if Hashem is part of the Khairim, then why does it say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu say He doesn't want. It's not that He doesn't want, it's that He can't. And also, how does that explain for Yitzchak why He didn't reveal the truth? Just because Hashem didn't, that's because Hashem is unable to. But Yitzchak is able to. And so all of our questions remain. Now we're going to move on to the fifth question on this Rashi. This is a question asked by the Mepharshi Rashi. So Mepharshi Rashi asks another question. And that is, how did the Shvatim know that Hashem agrees to the Khairim? Even when it comes to including a person in the Khairim, you can't include the person unless they agree to it. And so how did the Shvatim include Hashem in the Khairim without knowing whether he agrees to it? And the Mepharshi Rashi give various answers for how the Shvatim knew that Hashem would agree to the Khairim. Either they say that it was in order to fulfill the bris for Napsarim. This way, by Yaakov not knowing the truth, it would lead to him going down to Mitzrayim, and then the bris for Napsarim that speaks about the hidden being in Gullus would be fulfilled. Or that it was in order that Yaakov should be punished for the 22 years that he didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbutz of Ahim. Or it was in order so Yaakov shouldn't curse his sons. If Yaakov would find that the truth, he would curse his sons, and then it comes out that all the Yidin come from the sons of Yaakov who were cursed. And so these are different answers that are given for how the Shvatim knew that Hashem would agree and that Hashem agreed to the Khairim. However, in addition to the difficulty with each of these answers, so each of these answers has its own difficulty, as is explained in the Aris, 
Besides for that, we can't answer the question this way in Rashi, because Rashi clearly says that the Cheyrim refers even to telling Yaakov that Yosef was alive, and not just what was done to him. However, these reasons only explain why they shouldn't tell Yaakov what was done to Yosef, but not that Yosef was alive. Even if Yaakov were to know that Yosef was alive, it would still fulfill the Brisbane Absarim, Yaakov would still be punished, and Yaakov wouldn't curse his sons. So according to this, that the Cherem also applied to telling Yaakov that Yosef was alive. So then the question is, how did the Shvatim know? The question remains, how did the Shvatim know that Hashem agrees to the Cherem? Now we're going to present the lead up into the answer. But really already in this lead up, we're going to answer questions one, three, and five. And in the answer, we're going to answer question number two. Question number four will be answered later on at the end of the Sikhah. So the explanation of all of this will be understood by first asking another question. And that is, how is it possible that none of the Shvatim was aroused to Tshuva for selling Yosef, which would lead them to confess and tell Yaakov that they sold Yosef and that he's still alive? And especially since we find in our parsha that ultimately they all indeed regretted it. Like it says, So how is it possible that none of the Shvatim was aroused to Tshuva? So before we discussed how Yosef didn't tell the truth, how come Yosef didn't tell Yaakov that he was alive? And then we spoke about Hashem not saying it and Yitzhak not saying it. Now the question is on the Shvatim. How is it possible that none of the Shvatim was aroused to Tshuva that would lead them to tell Yaakov the truth? And the answer is that actually, this this question, this very con- point, was the very reason that they made the cherim. Meaning that from the very start, they were concerned that afterwards, when their anger would subside, so then certainly one of them will regret what they did and want to reveal the truth to Yaakov. And therefore, they made a cherim and a klala and anyone that reveals the truth. Meaning that none of them, and not even some of them, has permission to reveal the truth to Yaakov. But certainly the cherim didn't also apply if all of them agreed to reveal the truth. And so this answers question number three. Why the cherim? Why not just make an agreement? Because they were concerned that they would regret it. And then some of them, one of them or some of them would want to say the truth. And therefore made the, they made a cherim that wouldn't allow them to. However, even this cherim is not enough. Because there was still a concern that one of them, or most of them, would want to force the others to listen to him and to reveal the truth to Yaakov. They were still concerned. Maybe one of them, or most of them, would regret it. And then they'd convince the others to agree with them to reveal the truth to Yaakov. Like Rashi says that the brother said to Yehuda, that If you would have told us, to take him out of the pit and return him to Yaakov, we would have listened to you. So they were concerned. Maybe someone's going to regret it, or most of them will regret it, and convince the others to tell Yaakov the truth. And therefore, they included Hashem among them in the cherim that they made. Meaning, when it says that they included Hashem, what does it mean? That the decision of if and when to reveal the truth to Yaakov depends on Hashem. And so even all of them together aren't allowed to reveal the truth and go against the cherim until Hashem joins in and agrees to it. So that answers the fifth question. How did the Shvatim know that Hashem agrees to the Cherim? They didn't include Hashem in the Cherim, meaning that he can't say the truth. They included Hashem in the Cherim, meaning to say that they can't reveal the truth until Hashem agrees to it as well, until Hashem sends them some sort of sign. But it doesn't mean that Hashem was included in the Cherim and forced to keep it, because like we said, they don't know if he agrees. 
And the meaning of this, that Hashem didn't reveal the truth, Rashi says, why didn't Hashem reveal the truth? Because they made a cherem and they included Hashem in it. What, is, what do those words mean? It means that since they included Hashem in their pact, that they wouldn't reveal the truth without His agreement and participation. So therefore, even though the cherem didn't include that Hashem can't reveal the truth, Nevertheless, he participated in the Cherim that the truth would only be revealed to Yaakov if everyone, meaning Hashem and the Shvatim, participates. All of them have to agree. And so this answers the first question. We asked, why does it say, Yitzhak said, Hashem doesn't want to. Isn't it that Hashem is sworn not to? The answer is that no, Hashem is not sworn not to. Hashem was just included in it in terms of making the decision of if and when to reveal the truth. But he wasn't in the cherem that he can't say the truth. And that's why Yitzhak said, how can I say the truth if Hashem doesn't want to? Because by Hashem, it's not that he can't, it's that he doesn't want to. And this leads into the answer of the second question, which was, why didn't Yitzhak reveal the truth to Yaakov? If he wasn't in the cherem, according to what we said, we can understand what Rashi says. Aval Yitzchak, but Yitzchak, he knew that Yosef was alive. Amar, he said, How can I reveal it? If Hashem doesn't want to reveal it to him, the reason that Hashem didn't reveal the truth to Yaakov wasn't because he was forced to keep the cherem that the Shvatim made, because like we said. Hashem wasn't included in the cherem in that way, but rather because he didn't want to reveal the truth to him. And from this, Yitzhak learned and said, Hey, Ach Agala, how can I reveal it if Hashem doesn't want to reveal it to him? Because this that Hashem didn't reveal it wasn't because Hashem was in the cherem and included in the cherem, but rather because he didn't want to. So Yitzhak said, if Hashem doesn't want to, then he too shouldn't reveal the truth to Yaakov. And according to this, it's also understood the reason of Yasef for not sending a messenger to inform Yaakov that he's alive. Because since Yasef knew that Hashem doesn't want to reveal it to Yaakov, so that's an indication that Yaakov doesn't need to yet know that he's still alive. And so also Yasef said, Hey, Acha Gala, how can I reveal it? If Hashem doesn't want to reveal the truth to Yaakov. And so now we understand why the Shvatim didn't reveal the truth, why Hashem didn't reveal the truth, why Yitzchak didn't reveal the truth, and why Yosef didn't reveal the truth to Yaakov. However, we still have to answer our fourth question, which was that we don't find that they were matter the Cherem. And if so, so then it was forbidden for the Shvatim to inform Yaakov that Yosef was alive. And also regarding Yosef, how did Yosef say to inform Yaakov that he's alive if Hashem wasn't revealing to Yaakov the truth? So like we said, Yosef wasn't either revealing the truth. However, this too is explained based on a Rashi. So again, we have a question over here that's answered based on another teaching of Rashi. In our parish on the Pasuk of Vayar Yaakov ki Shever b'Mitzrayim, that Yaakov saw that there was a shever in Mitzrayim. So Rashi explains, Umahu Vayar, what is the meaning of the word Vayar that he saw? It's Rabas Pakalayashal Kaidash. He saw in a holy vision, Shadayin Yeshle Shever Mitzrayim, that he still has Shever Mitzrayim. He was basically having a vision about Yosef being Mitzrayim. mamish. However, it wasn't an actual nevuah to inform him clearly that this is Yosef. And the Shvatim who knew that Yosef was a Mitzrayim, so they understood that this was a Aspaklai Yishol Kedesh. 
they know, knew that this was meaning that Hashem was informing them that it's the start of the time where they need to investigate and search for Yosef and reveal the truth to Yaakov. And therefore it says right afterwards in the Pasuk, that they went down as the brothers of Yosef, like Rashi says, that they were they regretted that they sold him they decided to behave with him and to be with him as brothers and to redeem him with any amount of money that they would put upon them as the amount for freeing Yosef. And similarly, it was by the revelation of Yosef. So too by Yosef we have a similar explanation regarding how he said that they should inform Yaakov that he was alive. When Yosef saw that they are trying to find him, so he understood that now was the time. However, since he didn't know for certain that the time had arrived, and also, and more importantly, he didn't want to harm the relationship of Yaakov and the Shvatim, so therefore he didn't inform Yaakov himself through a messenger, but rather he told the Shvatim that Ani Yosef Achechem, I am Yosef, your brother, and they who made the Cherem would certainly know when Hashem wants to reveal it to Yaakov, and they will say to Yaakov, Eid Yosef Chai. So now we understand how the Shvatim revealed the truth, and also how Yosef revealed the truth. However, by Yosef, since he wasn't certain, and also more importantly, he didn't want to harm the relationship of Yaakov and the Shvatim, so therefore he gave it over to the Shvatim to make that decision, and he didn't send a messenger directly to Yaakov to tell him that he was still alive.